0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on?
1: Oh, uh, well, two days and counting. Actually, less than two days now, right? But uh, wait, David, start over. Start okay. over. All right. I don't want to say two days, right? doesn't
0: matter. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't uh, People know we record it early, but yeah.
1: when does this come out? Friday,
0: Friday morning.
1: Yeah, and, and
0: so UK, today is the day, and then we'll talk about how it's actually not the day in our timeline. But when people are listening to this, it's the day. Uh,
1: yeah, mm, yeah, I'll just, how about if I just say Friday night? It's yeah, almost yeah, here, yeah, something like that. Yep, and I'll and then because I want to say that I talked to Manny, uh. You can use anything
0: from that because your story will be up by then.
1: Yeah, whatever. Okay. All right. right. Ready? Yeah.
0: Hello and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, what's going on?
1: Well, we're uh, closing in on on Friday night practice, so that's super exciting. I never thought it would actually come.
0: Yeah, I've I've never been more excited to like watch meaningless practice, right?
1: (laughs) It's not meaningless anymore, Dave.
0: (laughs) I know, I know. But the first couple of days of practice, as everyone knows, are not the, uh, as anyone who's ever watched a football practice at any level knows, the first couple of days of practice are not always the most exciting, but I'm pretty excited for them.
1: Yeah, me too. Get to see Eric and uh, and and get to see the knee exposed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, um, we this is part two of our season preview. Kind of, I guess I called it a season preview last week. I think we can call it a season preview. Um, last week we talked about the offense. Um, we're very high on the offense. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. Uh, we are going to use the same gimmick this week that we used last week because we are uh, only so creative to come up with. Uh, podcast ideas. Uh, last week we talked about four things we trust from the offense and four things we uh have a little bit more questions about. Um, and on the offensive side of the ball, I think it was really easy for us to come up with four things we really trust about the offense. Um, you know, again, like I said, we feel really good about where the offense stands. Um, this week yeah. is the defense, and obviously we've talked about this a lot over the last year. Just how strange this inversion is for Miami uh, after so many years basically since Mark Rick took over um, so many years of this team basically being carried by its defense and trying to get whatever it could out of the offense. I guess Mark Rick's first year, of the offense was pretty good, right? With Brad Kaya. Um, but it's been a while since Miami has felt like an offensive minded team. And I know Manny Diaz is still a coach and he wants them to have a defensive identity. And obviously he's a defensive coordinator and, um, you know, he wants that to be, like I said, the identity of this team, but, this team is definitely an offensive minded team. It's just weird that we're after so many years, we have flipped uh, totally to this team being about the offense and the defense being the side of the ball is filled with question marks.
1: Oh yeah. For, sh- for sure. Uh, which is um, why it's a little exciting that I think that Manny's going to be the defensive coordinator again, but yes. we'll talk about that. Right. We'll talk. Yes, about we'll that.
0: definitely talk about that uh, in the second half of this episode and um, like I said, we are doing a, the same gimmick we did last week. Four things we, we feel good about, four things we got we got some questions about. doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. We just don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess we'll start with the good again. We did that last week. Does that sound good to you?
1: Sounds, sounds good to me. Got
0: it? Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. Um, number one is the safeties. It really it seems like it's the strongest position on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Bubba Bolden obviously is like an All-American candidate in the back end and Miami clearly kind of positioning him as like the leader in a lot of ways of this defense. Uh, you know, he was there at ACC Media Days.
1: Um,
0: mm-hmm. You know, like I said, he's, he's the guy in this defense that has like that first-round type potential. Um, he's one of the older guys on this team, I guess, now. Um, but, you know, it's not just him. You know, they've got um, Gervin Hall. They've got Amari Carter maybe kind of sort of. They've got um, James Williams, obviously, who we are very excited to see on Monday. Uh, obviously he was not yep. there in the spring. They've got Cam Kinchins, uh, the other freshman who was, I think really impressed them in the in the spring, it sounds like. So they got a, they had a lot of guys there and um, it's nice. They've got, they've got the, the potential star in Boa Bolden. They've got the depth guys like Gervin Hall who you know was obviously like a legit starting safety. Um, and then they've got some really really interesting young guys. Um, yeah. I kind of got the whole package there.
1: Yeah, they do, um, and yeah, I, I I agree with you um, about Bubba Bolden. He really seemed confident and uh, very very nice to talk to um, at the ACC media days. Um, he is very secure in himself. He's definitely a leader, um, and um, but I think you know I think he's he's smart he's a smart guy, makes good decisions. And, um, I think he's, and I think he'll improve also. Um, uh, you know, he had a, he had a t- I guess he led the team last year in, in tackles was, you know, he had 74 yeah. tackles. He had a good, he had good, he had good, good numbers and, uh, I think he forced four fumbles, you know, and he blocked two kicks, which is really good. Um, it's a good, uh, you know, I know we've, we talked about, we had the, uh, we had the emergency or the podcast of uh, on uh, Avante Williams mm-hmm. uh, being kicked off the team.
0: Yeah.
1: There's a rest, um, but because the safeties are so deep, I think, uh, I think they're going to be okay in that area. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think that's a, a good place to start and you know a good a good way to build your team around
0: yeah that that safety spot is you know some ways i kind of feel like like the model of how you want to in modern college football basically structure a position group right like they recruited i guess gervin hall a couple years ago obviously they had amari carter who i think was a class ahead of him maybe um and you know those guys for the most part panned out you know i know they've Neither of them have been like a star necessarily, but they panned out. Um, and then you're able to supplement that by getting the, the transfer, right? Like that, that's how college football works now. You know, you, you, you have – you start with the guys you recruit and then you use those transfer spots to, um, you know, fill weaknesses and, and kind of supplement your, your strengths. And that's what they did with Bubba Bolden, obviously. And when they brought Bubba in – it's not like he was already like an all-conference type guy. He was still young and um, promising, and obviously he's developed very nicely. Um, and then obviously, you know, in theory, these guys could all be gone after next year, and then you're ready to pass the reins right off to uh, James Williams and Cameron Kitchens. It's like it's like kind of perfectly structured. I mean, we, there's a, a couple other guys we didn't mention: Jalen Harrell, Brian Balam. They're they're pretty deep there, so. Um, you mentioned Bubba being like there at ACC Media Days and just kind of looking confident, seeming confident, seeming uh, like a leader. Is he like, because we talked to him obviously over Zoom last year. And, you know, one thing I always really liked about him is even when he was playing well, he seemed to be very self critical. Um, that's obviously what you want. Um, but he also was, you know, still kind of a, a new guy. And obviously, you know, they had some, you know, Quincy Roche and, and Jalen Phillips seemed like they were kind of like the leaders on that defense. Um, does Bubble like feel different to you? Do you? Like when you talk about him seeming really confident, does he like seem like a, I don't know, is, is his attitude seem different than it was last year? Um, well,
1: he seems um, intense. He seems very, I mean, is his attitude different? I'm not sure it's so much different as he is he's very uh very very focused i guess he was last year too but um he's uh he was very candid uh at the at the acc media days for us when we talked to him just the beat writers Mm -hmm. got him and harley you know the receiver um and uh you know he, he he talked about um he talked about what happened i asked him about north carolina and uh it, it was it was it was interesting you know about that time of the year and the covid things that were going on yeah. um and they you know they they took their foot off the gas kind of um they thought according to him he thinks he thinks what happened is people thought that was going to be kind of the uh, they 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 learned the news that they weren't going to play Georgia Tech. You know, and um, and everybody thought it was going to be their uh, their their last game. You know, the North Carolina is our last game. You know, we win it and go to the Orange Bowl kind of thing, and and then we get some time off before the Orange Bowl. They were just. And he said that everybody just kind of took their their foot off the gas and, you know, assumed they were going to win and they weren't as uh, they weren't as intense as they should have been. He said, Uh, and he's very he's very convinced that this year's going to be different. But they're, you know, they're always yeah you you have to be
0: convinced yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean, but uh, he also is very very high on the. Manny Diaz um, and so I don't know if he's changed at all I don't I don't really think he has he's always been kind of you know an emotional guy Um, but I think he's totally zoomed in
0: yeah Uh, all right number two on my list is just kind of the one other position group that I feel really good about on this team Um, and that's the interior defensive line Um, we're going to talk about some of the spots we don't feel as good about but to me the safeties are the number one and then the interior defensive line, they don't have a star necessarily like Bubba Bolden, but I just I feel really good about their depth there. They've got Nesta Silvera, um, you know, who's a potential NFL guy. Um, you've got Jared Harrison Hunt, who uh, you know, had an injury last year that kind of disrupted a breakout season, but when he was healthy, he was, you know, as good a pass rusher as you'll find in the interior defensive line. Um, you got John Ford back, you know, just good veteran depth there. Um, Jordan, and,
1: did you say Jordan Miller.
0: Jordan Miller, another one. Yeah. Kind of in that same nose, you know, not the flashiest guy, but you need guys like that. Um, and then of course the X factor there is, is Leonard Taylor, who um, was the best player oh, right. in South Florida last year. Um, we we'll, in high school, South Florida last year. Um, so we'll see how quickly he's able to get on the field. And, in um, that it's a pretty deep group, but like I said, there's not one star. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Leonard Taylor works his way into the mix there.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I can't, I really can't wait to see him play. You know, you've covered a lot of high school and I yeah. haven't seen him play in person and I'm really looking forward to that. I, the, you know, the defensive line, maybe we trust the, the defensive tackles, although, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a degree for each thing that we trust. Um, but, uh, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna have to come through because uh we're not sure about the defensive ends and we'll talk about that yeah, later
0: definitely later. yeah they got, a, they got a big burden this year and, and another reason to feel good about the interior defensive line is is Jeff Simpson obviously coming yeah. back to the defensive line coach and yeah you know, I, I don't know if this is what he is but the one year he was at Miami before was the uh Gerald Willis year so like the one year he saw him coach he really got the most out of Miami's defensive tackles
1: yeah, and Manny Diaz consistently says that the, the the defense begins with the defensive tackles yeah you, you got to stop the run and um you know I, I think all of it together it bodes well um I think uh, I think Nesta has to stay healthy, obviously, and all these other guys. But uh, you know, and 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 the defensive line obviously works together also. So um, you know, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, the the jury's out on the on the entire defensive line. Um, I think because of the ends, mm-hmm. but uh, it would sure help a lot if the the interior guys come through. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Speaking of the coaches and the the coaches I trust on this defense, um, I've got Travars Robinson listed as as a component of this defense that I just trust. You know, I know we haven't really seen him coach much in Miami yet, obviously, just a spring. Um, But his track record makes me think like I don't have cornerbacks. Spoiler, I don't have them listed as something I feel confident about or something I feel like I have doubts about. Um, cause first of all, I think that's just like kind of a solid group, right? Kind of mm-hmm. probably yeah. the third best position group on this defense. Um, you know, obviously you got a lot of guys with starting experience, plus Tyreek Stevenson, who we'll talk about. Um, but uh-huh. Travarius Robinson is just a guy who I know kind of, or I feel as the season goes on is going to get the most out of that group. Right. And, you know, he's DBs yeah. he, yeah. coach technically. So he's working with the safeties and corners. Um, but just, I feel like he's going to get the most out of this
1: group and it seems like the the players really love him. Yes, he's, he's a very popular coach, and even the recruits, right? The young, the kids in high school, they they really um uh, they they value him and and you know say say really good things about him. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's a Miami. He's a Miami native, yep. right? Played at Coral Park. Coral Park. Yep. Burn.
0: And he's always um, been the Miami like recruiter for whatever, whether he's at Florida, or South Carolina, he's always kind of been their Miami recruiter.
1: Right. And I, yeah, I think uh, he's very well respected around the country. Um, and um, his, you know, secondary, I guess when he was with Florida, he coached his secondary and they did, I think they, they finished seventh nationally. And yep. passed- then,
0: Vernon, Vernon Hargreaves was uh, like a top 10 pick. Um, which was one of his cornerbacks then.
1: Right. I remember Vern. I remember Dad Vern was the linebackers coach. Oh uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Young
0: and, Vern, I think was, is like from Tampa.
1: Yeah. I think I, I, yeah, he's a great recruiter. I, he's going to be very good. I have trusted him also. Yeah. Um, uh, the whole the whole position group's gonna get better in every way, young, old, whatever. He's yeah. uh, uh, yeah. He's he's got the experience and he's got the respect, mm-hmm. uh, and he's from here. So,
0: well, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, his recruiting chops, which are kind of on display already, if you look at the cornerbacks Miami is recruiting so far um, in their next recruiting class. Like the recruiting chops won't, um, you know, won't like materialized basically on the field, obviously for a few years. But I think the fact that he's from Miami and has this rep as this Miami recruiter and everyone likes him and all the high school coaches know him. Like when he came in, I'm sure he recruited all these kids. Like, even if there was no chance that they were ever going to go to South Carolina, like, I'm sure he, like I know he and Tyreek Stevenson had a pretty good relationship when, uh, you know, when Tyreek was in high school and, um, Mm -hmm. And T-Rob was trying to get him to come to South Carolina. And I'm sure it's the same case with DJ Ivey and to Corey Couch and Al Blades and, and everyone, all those Miami guys on in that secondary. Um, so, you know, by now he obviously knows everyone because he's been here for like eight months basically. But, um, you know, it's just – it was going to make it a, a, a smooth transition right away. And, you know, they, they've got, they've got a lot of talent I think still in the secondary. I know like people get frustrated with it um because it's impossible to stop the pass in college football just generally but um they've got some you know all those guys were pretty big recruits who a lot of schools wanted and have like physical things to like and have had really good stretches and have had not so good stretches and um you know obviously they're all all those guys are vets now for the most part um you know to couch is still young but but for the most part all those guys who are playing big roles in the secondary are upperclassmen and you know i think t-rob is a guy who can uh can start to minimize those mistakes that people get frustrated by.
1: Yep. And he'll also, we'll talk about this later too. He'll also be good for uh, Demarcus Van Dyke.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Cool. I think they have a real, we'll, we'll talk about that, but I think they have a really good yeah. like little um, uh, system kind of in place, basically, at least recruiting wise. We yeah. haven't seen him coach a whole lot yet. Um, last one I've got is something I feel good about. And I uh, just mentioned Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, both of the transfers on defense, Tyreek and DeAndre Johnson. Um, yep. they, those guys are just like going to be fixtures on this defense. You know, I, I think how good they both are going to be is an open question. But, um, you know, they're both starting caliber guys um, at positions where Miami, frankly, needed starting caliber guys.
1: Yeah. And, and Manny, Manny Diaz is really high on both of them also. And he talked about DeAndre Johnson um out of out of uh Tennessee.
0: Yep.
1: Um and played at Southridge High. Um they're both actually they're both, both from there.
0: Southridge. Although Tyreek only played there for one year.
1: Right, right, right. Um and he, he was ta- Manny was talking about DeAndre Johnson. I guess had some covid problems during the season or
0: during uh like, spring. Yeah. Right. He played in the spring game and was pretty productive, if I remember correctly. Yes, Um, yes,
1: yes. But, yeah, they said
0: he was kind of slow coming along in the spring. So, the summer will help him.
1: But Yeah, Manny's real high on him. And I I think he had – in the spring game, he had the sack that resulted in a safety. Yes. So, um, you know, and he had – hey, he had four and a half sacks last season for Tennessee.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was productive. And, you know, it's not like he – was just doing that on like a loaded roster he was the guy in that on that defensive line
1: yeah sure he's in better sure he's in better shape now if he was sick before um and you know tyreek stevenson is you know he's the real deal so uh and again another you know south floridian and um i mean georgia sec so you know he's he's seen some incredible competition um and uh, I think real important both both those guys.
0: Yeah, I think the only question with Tyreek is is the specifically the move to cornerback because he was you know he was a cornerback in high school and I think Georgia recruited him as a cornerback, but they're always always kind of thought that he was a cornerback slash maybe ultimately a safety and Georgia kind of had him playing their version of the striker spot. Um, so you know I think there there's some questions about what he's going to look like just as a lockdown cornerback, but just like as a football player, he's going to be good. Like he was good and really good in that role at Georgia, um, which means he's, you know, he's good. He's good at football. I think the question is going to be, how good is he going to be as a number one cornerback? And that's kind of the way I feel about DeAndre Johnson a little bit too. Um, And maybe that's a good place to break because that transitions us very nicely to our first topic and the things we are a little more concerned about. Kind of going back to what I was just talking about before the break um, with DeAndre Johnson. um, And the the way I said I felt confident about him was kind of very specific. And that was he is a starter and a group that needed a proven starter. Um, The question, I think, on that side of the ball is – or in that position group specifically, the defensive ends, because I think they have guys who are starting quality, right? They've got DeAndre Johnson – um, we'll see what Zach McLeod looks like, but obviously he's a guy who started a lot of football games. Um, right. you know, Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams started the bowl game. Um, I think the question there though, every year Miami has basically every year since Manny Diaz has been here, Miami has had like a, I don't remember the exact number. I want to say it was like an eight sack guy, like an NFL defensive end, whether it was Joe Jackson or, um, Mm-hmm. or Chad, uh, Chad Thomas, John Garvin. Um, now they don't have, I mean, there's a no. good chance one of those guys emerged, but we have no idea who that guy is right now, unless it's DeAndre Johnson, but I'm not sure it is.
1: Um, Yeah. I'm not, I can't, I can't be, be sure about that either. Really. I mean, Zach McLeod, I don't know, 6'2", 254. I don't know. Um, it still feels like their best
0: bet at that is is uh, Jafari Harvey, who we're still kind of waiting on, but I know they've been high on since the day he stepped on campus. But yeah, and the,
1: and, the, and, and the guys who talking about him also, I, people are still talking about him. So, um, I mean, I I think he's the one that they have to hope kind of breaks out. Uh, and he's got a little more size to him, or at least the length. Um, and he's the one that was kind of, you know, touted very highly, but I can't, I'm, I'm not sure at the, at the defensive end position, really. Um, I, I mean, Cam Williams.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing we're like, we're waiting for a guy to pop there. And there's, I think there's a pretty good chance. One of those guys becomes really good. We just haven't seen it yet. Like I said, it could be Jafari Harvey. I think, Cam, I don't, I'm not going to rule out Cam Williams the way that he's built. Um right. Williams is a guy we've not seen at all yet, but he was a really big recruit coming out of Oakleaf. And um, you um, know, it wasn't surprising that he didn't really get on the field last year. Cause he was, he was really skinny coming out of high school and needed to bulk up. Um, but, you know, they've, they've definitely got options there. You know, Jabari Ishmael is an, the, the kind of top freshman coming in. Um, You know, hard to ever bank on a freshman unless he's like a, mega star, but they've got, they've definitely got like all the body types and all the talent like that you look for, just like those raw physical tools, but they just really need those guys to, to put it together this year. You know, those are sure all my guys can put it together. Question is it gotta be this year?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, I really think it's tough. I we've talked about this before, but the, uh, you know, I, the idea of Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche pretty much, playing at all last year, just dominating, you know, um, taking over those positions. Uh, it, it was great for last year, but it, it, it kind of hurts for this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They didn't get to play backups like at all at that spot, which was something right. they talked about kind of throughout the season. Um, so they, they needed those guys to make up a lot of ground in the, in the spring. Um, obviously DeAndre Johnson, as you mentioned with the COVID situation, probably hurt that a little bit. Uh, So Uh this is going to be a really, really important camp for them, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, no doubt. I, yeah. The, the defensive line as a whole, we'll see.
0: Yeah. It's, it's kind of, when we talk about these things we don't trust as much or have more questions about it's the group that has the highest ceiling out of like some of these things we're going to talk about, I think in this list, like they could end up being really good. The entire defensive line could end up being really good. We just have, I haven't seen it yet. Um, One group I feel not as good about their ceiling is the linebackers, um, which Miami, we talked about last week how they have like seven or eight offensive linemen with starting experience and how that's a good thing because I think most of those guys are legit like ACC starting caliber offensive linemen. Uh Um, The linebacker spot is another spot where they have a lot of guys with starting experience um, where you've got, you know vets like Wayne Steed and Bradley Jennings, younger guys like Corey Flag and Sam Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, Zach McCloud made the position change, but you know if every all else failed, I'm sure he could move back to linebacker if they like needed in a pinch. Um, they moved Counters Smith from striker to to linebacker, um, but so they got they got guys with starting experience. But I don't I like you can tell me any combination of like. Six different people are starting at linebacker on the first snap against Alabama, and like,
1: yeah, I'd, and I'd, and I'd most people work. would, yeah, and most people would say who, yeah, I, I mean I, you know once, I, you know, Shaq Quarterman and Mike Pinkney, I know Zach was part of Zach McLeod was part of that group when all three freshmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we did so many stories on that we left a couple of years ago. And ever since years, they, they came in with many, in 2016, they were freshmen. Um, you know, they were so good. And that was always a story every year. And now it's like, uh, it's just been question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, run defense, um, lacking. Um, you know, like I said, who is that guy? Sam Brooks, we thought two, two seasons ago, I guess he had a really good bowl game. Yeah. And he showed a lot of promise. Um, and then he, he, he missed this spring. He had a toe injury. And, um, and then Manny, I asked Manny Diaz about him a couple of weeks ago. And Manny said that he actually had surgery on the toe, which he said was helpful it did what it was supposed to do but he's he was still as of a couple weeks ago he was still rehabbing and man he seemed uh i don't know that he might not be ready said seemed a little pessimistic as far as him being ready yeah uh so that that's bad right and um you know and the other guys like like, I mean, Wayman Steed, I swear, he must be 80 years old by now. Yeah, he's been
0: here a long time. A lot of injuries. And, you know, it was pretty a lot exciting. Of things. The field, but, yeah, again, like...
1: Like, yeah, I... Yeah, I agree. I mean... The one
0: guy, it seems like they feel good about is Corey Flag. Corey Flagg, um, yeah. Who is not, yeah. you know, they, they brought in basically kind of, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of that Shaq Quarterman to him, right? He's not like the biggest, like, physical freak at that linebacker spot. You know, he's it's only like six foot or six one, maybe. Um, but he's got like the those, I think, like leadership instincts and just all like the you know, instincts, basically. Like that's number one skill for a middle linebacker, right, is the guy who just kind of knows where the play is going to be going.
1: And yeah, so I mean, they, they, they listed him as, by the way, is 5'11", so um, that means yeah. 5'10", maybe, or
0: 5'. Yeah, I mean, that's a small linebacker. Not that Sha- Shaq was bigger than that, but not that the Shaq was a big linebacker, but like right. I, I kind of see why they like him, considering how much like we know Manny Diaz. Like I would think, if you asked like whose favorite players he ever coached was, and gave him truth serum, I have to think Shaq Quarterman would be pretty high on that list. Like I can understand why they love Corey Flagg, um, but beyond that, um, you know Zach, Bro- Sam Brooks. Like I think still could be good if he's healthy, but he's had a lot of injuries at this point, and we don't know what. Like you said, we don't know when he's going to be ready. We're still waiting on Avery Huff, who um, is probably the most like physically talented linebacker they have, um, mm-hmm. to to kind of put it together. And I'm, you know, I'm not like I, I still think that can happen. He's only a red, sh- like redshirt sophomore or whatever we're like calling it now, redshirt fresh, like second year redshirt freshman. Yeah, whatever we're calling second year redshirt. You got a lot of eligibility <laughs> left, is what I'm saying.
1: Um, yeah, talking about uh, Avery, right? You yeah. know. Uh- he's it's interesting because they have him down he i mean he's six three they have so he's a he's nice and tall yeah. um but as 205 pounds and if that's they have um wrote that right yeah six three and 205 for a linebacker that's skinny
0: yeah yeah, so we'll see what he looks like. He's was, you know, he's a guy who I absolutely loved when he was playing at St. Thomas Aquinas. And they would line him up on one play, he would be a defensive end. On the next play, he'd be their free safety. Like he's got that versatility that um, you know, I think a lot of people when he came in, wondered if he's maybe going to be a striker. Um, they're pretty good at striker, so they didn't need to do that. Um, but if he can be their strong side linebacker, uh, that would be a big help. And then Keantra Smith is just another guy who, again, undersized. It's hard to play a lot of undersized linebackers like that, but it's good, I think, right? Like he moved from striker to linebacker because Gilbert Frierson has that striker spot locked down. Um, so,
1: and he right. was, and I
0: think he started maybe in the spring game or at least played a lot in the spring game at linebacker. So, I
1: think Manny was happy with him too. So, yeah, they like Let's him. He's
0: another guy they've loved. It got that, like the personality, defensive leadership, instinct kind of stuff that you just know Manny Diaz loves. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, a couple yes. more quick ones before we wrap mm-hmm. up here. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing I'm a little worried about on the defense, and again, it's, it's kind of similar when I talk about the defensive linemen where I think this might not, it might be a non-issue. We just don't know yet. Is uh, they've got two coaches who have never been position coaches at the division one level before um, with DeMarcus Van Dyke, obviously at cornerback coach and, um, mm-hmm. And you alluded to that. We'll talk about him in a little bit and that combination he's got with Javaris Robinson and then uh, Ishmael Aristide as a uh, linebackers coach, um, which obviously was not the plan. Remember they had uh, Travis Williams for like 14 days or something on the, on the defensive staff. Um, and then they, they make Aristide kind of a late addition. He'd been working in the recruiting office in uh, Texas A&M, um, but is, a kind of a south the, the family is a south florida fixture um yep. has a reputation as a good recruiter um but again just like him and dvd both of them i think have you know we they, they were brought in in large part i think because of their recruiting ability and knowing that it was going to be real be a little bit of a process for them to be uh great position coaches they're both really young i think manny diaz obviously thinks very highly of both of them and their long-term outlook but um again we just we just don't know with them we haven't seen them do it yet
1: yeah exactly and of course we have uh issues issues father is a miami northwestern high prince so he's gonna do a little recruiting yeah but i um yeah like i like him very much good guy um and, you, and you're right and demarcus van dyke is is doing well recruiting wise, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you're not surprised about it all.
0: Right. I mean, you're, you're probably not surprised. I mean, you don't follow the recruiting quite as closely as I do, but you know, who, you know, DeMarcus Van Dyke very well. It's not a surprise that kids want to play for him.
1: Right. Very. Yeah. Uh, kind of just, a, just so friendly. Yeah. Um, just a nice big smile on him and, and outgoing uh, and, um, kind of a warm guy, uh, yeah, I mean, he he definitely um, is kind of a, a recruiting magnet, I guess, and I, you know, whether, how he's going to do as a coach, I, I I have no idea, but again, you know, Travis Robinson is going to come in and, and help having him as kind of the overall guy, because before they had the, right, they had the safe, didn't they have yeah. this, coach
0: Sonda was strictly the safeties coach and Mike Rumble co- strictly the cornerbacks
1: coach. Yeah and I, I like I like the idea that Robinson will be a you know a mentor or whatever um and can help out with that. Um, and I think I mean DVD you know he'll be I think he's gonna be okay. yeah he's been on the program a long time. And um and I, again you have Manny Diaz in charge now. I think that's gonna make a big difference.
0: Yeah. Well, that actually brings us nicely to what we want to wrap up with. And that is, I don't even know if it's so much a thing I'm like worried about. It's just, it's a, it's going to be a big question this season. That is, is Manny Diaz being the head coach and defensive coordinator? Is that going to work? Right. That That's the question in a lot of ways, just looming over the whole defense. Um, and obviously there's a lot of yeah. ways I think it'll work um, as Manny Diaz said, when it was brought up, when he first made the announcement, like, People don't think it's unusual well, when a offensive-minded coach calls plays. Um, you don't see it as much on the defensive side, like this, though. Yeah, I, th-
1: I mean, I, here's the interesting part. I think I think it will work uh, for the defense. Um, I, I love that he's back as a defensive coordinator. Okay, I really I think it's a really good thing for the defense. My question is how is it for the whole team as opposed to how is it for the defense? Uh, Right. You know what I
0: mean? I I think we said, I'm sure we said this when we recorded the episode after all that happened in January or February, whenever that was uh Um, this would not be possible if it was not for um, Brett Lashley, right. Who is like kind of a head coach. Like he's the head coach of the offense. Manny is yeah. really hands off on the offensive side of the ball, and,
1: and I and I think this, who knows this could right be and Red he Lashley. might be a
0: head coach of a college football team in,
1: yeah, in five I, months. Yeah, Brett <laughs> Lashley will become a head coach.
0: Yes, it's a question of when, not if. I think. Yeah,
1: and probably sooner than later, but uh, that's another podcast, right? Yeah. I, think, um, I think. I think. I love the idea that man is taking over the defense. Um, again, I just, I, it'll be really interesting, David, if they, if they start losing, what happens? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, as far as the team goes, cause that's when chemistry, you lose all your chemistry and once lose, you know, like just like winning cures everything, losing screws up everything. So, um, you know, hopefully they win. And he can focus on that defense because like you said, he does trust Lashley, but still if they don't, uh, then he's gonna have to start dealing with what's wrong with the with the whole thing. Yeah. And, and he's also got noticed- no
0: he's got no more scapegoats on defense, right? Like how many times over the last couple of years have been like, all right, I'm gonna start calling the plays. All right, we're gonna, yeah, do, exactly. this. We're gonna do that. Exactly. Yeah, good. Uh, point. This is the last, this is the Hail Mary. And sometimes Hail okay. Marys work really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, but what you're saying is a good point. He, I mean, at that point, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, I like it.
0: Yeah, it's it's like it's, the move. it's one of the most interesting, uh, like sub, maybe not even subplot, maybe it is the plot. Um, but it's one of the most interesting, um, one of the most interesting developed developments <laughs> like, in the off season, and, and will really, I think, in a lot of ways, define whether this Miami season goes as well as it certainly has the possibility to, because again, a lot of the pieces, particularly on offense are in place. um, Uh And we're going to see if Manny's still got the magic touch as a defensive coordinator this year. I
1: I think I I just have to say, I think he does have the magic touch. And I think I, I love the idea of it. And uh, you know, and he's going to be, much better in my opinion than, um, Blake Baker. Um, and he's, he's got the respect of the players and the attention of the players. They're not going to be goofing around.
0: Yes. That's a good point, right? Like you can't screw around for Manny Diaz. No, you can't. All right. Um, I think we can wrap things up there. Um, are you, how, how are we feeling? football on um, we're recording this on a uh, Wednesday night um by the time most people are listening to this it'll be it'll be a uh, g- practice day not game day
1: yeah I'm, not, I'm I'm psyched because we actually get to get to see the first two practices I'm not exactly yeah, when,
0: when's the last time you've been on campus because you were in that paradise
1: camp no I <laughs> <laughs> been no a while, no um yeah, I, I it's been a while. Yeah.
0: It's
1: long, it's been a long while actually. I w- I was at I I actually because I live in Broward, I was I drove to Miami this past weekend for a um, for a like a little youth camp thing put on by Gil Fryerson oh, yeah. and Frank Gore Jr. And I saw some of the, the canes there, had interesting talk talks with some of them. Um, so that was like, I was, that was in coconut grove when I was driving down Dixie highway.
0: Yeah. You probably hadn't done that. Uh, I,
1: it was starting to come back to me, you know? Yeah. Well, let's
0: hope, let's hope, uh, well, I guess they're night practices. So hopefully pra- uh, traffic won't be as bad as it is when you have to commute, uh, in the morning rush hour. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be, uh, obviously we've been doing this pretty much every week through the off season, but we are definitely fully in uh every week mode now with uh training camp, here um so yeah be sure to keep uh tagging along with us as we uh take you through another miami football season uh you can follow susan on twitter at S. Miller. degnan um by the time you listen to this she'll have a uh training camp preview out uh talking to manny diaz about a couple big topics um, particularly dear king uh yep. in the lead up to camp uh, you can follow me on twitter <laughs> at db wilson two. Uh, I'll also be out there Friday and Saturday. So uh, we'll have you uh, covered from all angles from Coral Gables this weekend. So uh, thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week.